iOS helps you control which apps you share your exact location with. There's more to iPhone. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello, welcome back to The Ruck. Uh, this is Owen Slot. Ireland then, let's, let's move on to Ireland. So I think that they'll, they will take a step on between now and then, considerably, got young team. How good are they at the moment? In terms of Grand Slam winners, Six Nations winners, that's their third Six Nations in, in five years. Uh, how, how good a team do we think they are? They're brilliantly coached. Uh, as you said, they're young. They've got strength in depth. And with people like Lama coming through and Stockdale developing, what they can do, they haven't done for three years, even when they were winning titles, they don't just keep ball, they do something with it. Um, their scrum is better than it's ever been. They have a core of players. Furlong is world class. They've got Sean O'Brien when he comes back, is world class. Nine and ten, you're world class yeah. there. And you've got top class players all around, youngsters like James Ryan coming through. Gary Ringrose. Gary Ringrose could prove himself world class. Right now, if I was uh, uh, Steve Hansen, I would, I, I would make Ireland my biggest threat. If you look at the Ireland team, Dan Levy would be in a lot of people's teams of the tournament. It was their third choice open yeah. side. Mm. Gary Ringrose, third um, choice, third center, choice yeah. outside centre. They they have the depth that, that Eddie Jones has wanted to spend the last year building. They they have it in in spades. And, and Schmidt's brought through these young players well, hasn't he? England see Eddie Jones seems to, to, to have played around the edges with looking at people, bringing them in for a week or so. And uh, I, I admit on the, on the Underhill and Curry thing, he had got unlucky that they'd been injured and he wanted yeah. to bring them through. But, but Schmidt's been a, it's been a masterclass in how to uh, refresh your squad with young players. Absolutely. And, it's, and it's, they haven't been secretive about it. After f- 2015, with what happened with the injuries they had there, remember the, they had five key injuries to players through that through that World Cup and they said it was it was a disaster and we, we didn't deserve to go through the quarterfinals and that they haven't been secretive about saying we are going to blood these players. Look at the depth of options they have in the back row from guys that they can bring in. So Alex mentioned Levy there, but you've got guys like Jack Conan who can come in who does not look out of place in that back row. You look at the front row, there's a couple of guys in the under twenties who are performing particularly well that people are very excited about at the moment in their front row. And then you look at someone like Marty Moore, who's coming back just in case they need him for a tour. Because let's remember, also, you know, there could be special... Some, they've, they've still got Tyg Byrne hey, to come in. I know, Tyg yeah. Byrne as well. Coming back next Absolutely. Year. And they're heading off to Australia this summer and they'll probably rest some people and they'll, they'll give some guys a run out. But that's a fantastic opportunity for them to build for 2019 as well. Mm. It all just seems to be stacking up in favour of blowing those guys. Now, they could still have a blow-up 
with lots and lots of injuries, everyone has to deal with that problem at a rugby world cup. Well, on injuries, their their big worry, their big concern is nine and ten. Yeah, they're, they're, they're massively built on those world class players. You say if those two go, that is where they that is that is where they are frail still. Nine, they cannot afford to lose Murray. But I would yeah. say one of the if if I was Irish, one of the things I I would have enjoyed most about Twickenham was the way Joey Carberry came on mm. and he was seamless. This kid is an exceptional talent and I think you know he will be focused now as a 10. It's ideal, isn't it? Because the IRFU decide who plays when. He will get a lot of game time behind Sexton. He will play in the shadow of Sexton. He'll become Sexton with a little bit more pace there. And, and I see him being an absolutely top-class, not replacement 10, a top-class 10. I don't think there's any problem there at all. Murray, it, it, it's a different matter. But, you know, even having said that, they've got some good ones coming through at Scrum Half as well. You wouldn't want to lose nine or ten. Well, You're yeah. right, Actually, and, and they've got a lot coming and through. When they, and when they lost Murray for the uh, Six Nations game in Dublin uh, a year ago, and, and we were all going, oh, well, they, they've lost one of their key men. Marmion came on and, and Th- played Thank you, Francie. Marmion was the, word, the name I was looking for. Didn't he? Yeah. yeah. Mag- yeah. And McGrath's a very good player. You know, I, I see a lot of these guys. I watch a huge amount of Pro 14, and they are all very sharp players. Uh, we, um, uh, we have pretty much carved up England. Uh, we haven't discussed so much uh, uh, some of the other teams. If, um, if you look at Wales, Scotland, France and Italy... Which um which nation do you think should be most happy with the with the way they have progressed or, or otherwise in the Six Nations? They all seem to have taken steps in in some respects. I think Wales probably performed higher than. And Warren Gatland said pre-tournament that he felt they could go and win it. I think realistically, with the number of key lions they were missing, that was um that was bravado from him. I think they've performed above expectation, um, given who was missing, and, and as we've touched on, given opportunities to to other players. And I think they're they're probably the, the happiest of uh, of the rest in, in how it's gone. Um, Scotland had their moments, still can't perform away from home. Um, Italy, for me, performed pretty much how I expected. There's still kind of shoots of hope there, but um, ultimately they they're not they're not good enough. Don't have the quality. Um, the thing I've enjoyed most about France is watching Mathieu Bastro actually come, come back in and 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 really almost be, become happy in himself and f- find a, a, a leadership role in that team. Um, but in answer to your question, I, I would say Wales. Well, Alan's Scotland, um, lo- lots of lots of exciting moments, but but no consistency. Lots of, yeah, I think that's the key thing is the consistency, and it's no. It's not in danger of becoming. It has now firmly settled itself into being a cliche. Scotland's uh, adventures away from home still can't get there. But the thing as well is, and I'll get to the positive, but I just want to get this out there first, is we've spoken about so often how adventurous and how exciting Scotland are pouring forwards and fantastic. But the lack of try bonuses that Scotland have had in this Six Nations allied with their away form is something that will need to be addressed. So when Gregor Townsend says there are lots of things we need to work on, that is what he's talking about. Because it's all very well doing it at Murrayfield. And against England, it looks fantastic. But it takes the gloss off the fact that they couldn't do it at the Principality Stadium, for example. In that first game where they were so hyped and everyone's talking about all the players missing for Wales, they weren't capable of doing it. It's, It's just that little mental stumbling block that they need to get over. However, that being said, you know, you cannot underestimate how f- important that win against England was for the national psyche but also for this team to say right we've come through something that is a sig- culturally significant for this nation and we've come out on the right side of it 
to take that into their summer tour. They've got a summer tour where they're touring the Americas. It's not something that fans will be deeply concerned about. It's an opportunity for them to rest people, to try some things out ahead of the but, World but Cup. But do away wins on that tour mend, mend the psychological Absolutely, problem they I have? I don't think I, I don't it's, think that it's, does. it's one for experimentation. But I agree with Alex. On the other side of that, Wales... If you're a Welsh fan, you've got to be fantastically happy mm. with the way things have gone. And key players were missing, but by the end, that last game against France, which I was at, and there weren't too many eyes on it, but it was still a massive thing for them to be in a game that was scooched by a point and to have Alan Wynne-Jones still performing at that level. He is a man that doesn't seem to be losing form yeah. um, through, through, through this stage in his career. And to have Tolupe Falatau coming back from the injuries that he's had and to be making breaks like that, in the last game of the Six Nations, that is a fine sight for Welsh fans. Yeah, you, you, you chuck Sam Orbison back into that back row. I mean, you look at people. Jonathan take, Davis got to come back. Jonathan in. Davis got to come back in, but that back row, Aaron Shingler, um, Josh Navidi, and, and Josh Navidi, two two players who Barnsley will watch a lot in the, in the Pro 14, but had never had never really made that step up. Both of them, I thought, had really really good tournaments. And Tipperick Davis, as I said earlier. Got fantastic strength in depth, Moriarty. Um, can I mention Italy? Go for they it. Lost, they, lost, they lost five games, uh, but I think they took a significant step in the right direction. The last few years, I think they might have won one game in the last three years. So they, they, you know, they're not serial winners, okay? But in those years, they normally perform quite well at the start. They get stuck into someone, and then as the season dribbles on, mm. they, they lose players and they end up getting hammered. What happened this time? They caught England when England actually, Ford and Farrell, showed that you play them together. They've got some class there. They caught Ireland, who, as we now know, are an extremely good team, who put them away. And then what happened? They went to Cardiff and they were competitive. They went to Marseille and they were competitive. They played Scotland at home and they got very close to winning it. They've unearthed in, in, in Mazzini, the full-back, a, a bloke who could give them something that they haven't had for a while and I think more importantly in Sebastian Negri they've got an heir apparent to, to Parise he doesn't have to carry the load on his own Jake Paledri's come mm. through and done well yeah the He's, Bristol boy yeah yeah my, yeah, my old captain Pete Paledri's son a very good player but Negri in particular he gave them a, a, a carrying threat that England would have yearned for in this tournament and, and I think the signs are very good for Italy that Pelleggi is interesting. England have been so sort of competitive for these dual qualified yeah, nationals. These are seven. Well, well, what, what, where, where did they go wrong on that? Or, or does he? But, he, but I mean, he's only a, a court. He's, he's got a grandparent who's Italian, isn't he? Let me tell you, when I joined Bristol, <coughs> Pete Pelleggi, I, I lodged at his house. This is uh, this is the father. Pete is the father who yeah. was Bristol captain and an outstanding open side himself. But Pete. He's a sing- he was a single man, and uh, we we weren't much up for cooking Sunday roast after a Bristol game, so we would go round Mother Paledri's house on a Sunday, and if you said in front of Mother Paledri that what well, only a quarter Italian, this house was pure Italian. It was fantastic. It was the long Sunday roast. Everything about it culturally is Italian. You know, he might be grandson of, but you'll not hear me saying he's a quarter Italian. The Paledris, believe me, are a Bristol Italian family. <laughs> all the way Very to interesting. the pasta. You're listening to The Ruck, and we are back after this. As you're listening to me, Daisy, Apple's iPhone disassembly robot, is dismantling an iPhone into lots of recyclable parts. 
That's how Apple recovers more materials than conventional recycling methods. Thanks, Daisy. There's more to iPhone. Welcome back to the Ruck. And don't forget, you can sign up for the brand new Ruck email. Subscribers can go to thetimes.co.uk slash bulletins. Uh, one other game that we have to mention uh, was the big one yesterday, Belgium against Spain. Yeah. Uh, Spain uh, needed a win to qualify for the World Cup. Yeah. And over to you, Alan. Yeah, and I'd be surprised if actually people, people that are listening haven't heard of this or seen it. But what happened is Spain needed to win this last game away to Belgium to qualify automatically for the Rugby World Cup. A lot of people had fancied Romania to be the team that had qualified, Georgia having already qualified for the World Cup um, from Rugby European Championship. Um, what happened is that this game was officiated by an all-Romanian team <laughs> of referees. I mean, it's it's just you could it's just impossible to make that up, isn't it? Well, there are layers to this. Okay, so what happened is Spain ended up losing the game. Um, it descended into ugly scenes where the Spanish players confronted. Uh, the match official, uh, the uh, their scrum half tried to grab him. Uh, one of their back rowers sarcastically clapped him. Um, people tried to grab him. He had to be escorted from the field of play. Um, there was a bit of a fracas with the Belgian teams as well, who you have to say it's no fault of their own, the Belgians. Uh, what happened, there were some emotional things said, and then the Spanish players eventually apologised for them. The, the vibe of this is that it's not a good look. Rugby Europe have come out since then and said that they picked their match officials before the tournament started. They were set in stone, um, and World Rugby is is believed. You know they have no say on who these people pick to be match officials. However, that's fine. There will be a review afterwards, and depending on what the, what this review turns up, which they do with every game after every major tournament, there will be a review of each match to see what, what happens. World Rugby might comment after that. Rugby Europe might have a finding where they say hold their hands up, it shouldn't have happened what makes this interesting though is that this happens in a week where the assistant referee for Eng England versus Ireland Marius van der Vestes and as revealed by Alex here uh, in the Times Great is story, that he Alex. was he was he was changed the he course was with, of history. He was, yeah, he was England with, might have won otherwise. Yeah, he was with the England team for their training. Um, there was a bit fault. of a brouhaha about that. He was stood down by World Rugby. As far as I know, World Rugby don't have a say on who is picked to officiate the the Six Nations either. And yet they've waded in on this. Now, if they wade in on this and they don't control who the officiators are, why can't they wade in before? Uh, uh, before this match well, with the just, Romanian officials uh, taken but also Spain had said to Rugby Europe we do not want Romanian officials for this game that could send Romania through to the to the Rugby World Cup yeah they flagged it up beforehand They'd, as did Alex for, uh, for in England's uh, case <laughs> and that's the case so but there's also the, it, it gets more and more murky World Rugby can say after the, or wait and see and say look we do not have a say in any of this what they do have a say in is the Rugby World Cup that's theirs they look after that. This has a direct impact on who's playing who in the Rugby World Cup. So you can't ignore it. Another thing is that every match official will have a, a neutral watching them from the stands to assess their performance. That gets filtered back to World Rugby and Alan Roland, who looks after the referees there. So again, World Rugby have a little bit of say on that, on the review process. Then you put into the things. It, it gets more bizarre in that... If there is a review, and I would say this now, Octavian Moreira, who is the president of Rugby Europe, who is a former Romania player, he may not be involved in any review, but 
I think purely for the optics alone, he must come out and say, I recuse myself from playing any part in the review here. Not because I believe that he would have any say on what happens, but purely because it would look better for them in an already disastrous PR faux pas. Mm. Then, of course, you look at the Romanians. I'm going to wrap this up now. Is Romania's, no, no, you keep going. Romania's coaches stepped down last week because they didn't believe that they were going to automatically qualify. Lynn Howells, Rob Moffat and Massimo Katita, who fans from Scotland will know, looked after Edinburgh for a while. They're the, they were the coaching team of Romania who were, who were given the job of getting Romania to the next World Cup, firmly believing that they would not automatically qualify. They stepped down. Well, maybe that's and now a job Romania for, have automatically qualified. Maybe it's a job for Eddie then. So he yeah, give them some bounce. Perhaps, they? Maybe it's a job for the referee and the two assistant referees on the game. They've done it. They've got them qualified. <laughs> Absolutely. But the thing is, is <laughs> now, the only game again. Yeah. Now the the, the Roma- some of the Romanian the, those coaches, as far as I believe, speaking to people in Romania this morning, there, there are meetings going to be held at the Romanian Union today, and there's not much being said in the press in Romania about what happens so it's a case of wait and see but this isn't one where all the governing bodies can just go oh well something's set in stone so we can't touch it it has to be addressed so that something like this can never happen again mistakes happen but this can't happen again it's so ludicrous Ian Tempest from an RFU referee I think did the Germany game why do they not just send him to do the Belgian game instead and there's no debate yeah just a little bit of flat it just takes uh, it's a worrying word, common sense, but this case is absolutely right. You look at that and just say, hey, this can't happen. Mm. Sorry, guys, it might be set in stone, but we're just going to smash the wall down. We have to have someone else. Absolutely. And, and the other thing as well is the most important thing of all of this that's kind of getting ignored a little bit is it's the Rugby World Cup. You know, it cannot be a thing that's flip, left to chance and can be people talking behind hand saying that shouldn't have happened, here's what really should have happened. Because World Rugby, at the very start of this process uh, for qualification of the, the, the Rugby World Cup... Alan, are you actually Spanish? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they sent, I mean, I know it's a big issue, but... Yeah, but they, World Rugby sent Nigel Owens to the Caribbean to referee the first game that's kicked off the, the process of qualifying for this World Cup. Neither of the teams competing in that had any chance of making the Rugby World Cup, but they wanted to make a big deal of it. But then we come into an issue here of qualification for the Rugby World Cup and it's just sort of shrugging of shoulders and going, oh, well, that was decided months ago, we can't change anything. Owen, can you imagine the football qualifier, Sweden and knocked out Italy. Can you imagine Italy had been knocked out by Sweden and they'd have played a World Cup playoff and it had been three Swedish officials? Can't... No, no, I mean, it's just... It's, it's amateur... I know, oh, it's, it's embarrassing it's, for the game, it's embarrassing for the podcast, we're yeah. associated with it. I mean, we, we all, we're all made <laughs> yeah, to look foolish here. Yeah, right. yeah, there's no, no one survives this one. OK, thank you, gents. Uh, we will bow out with a highlight from the Six Nations from each of us. Uh, Alex, do you want to go first? Yeah, I noted down two performances, uh, Furlong against England and Farrell against Wales, but... The wow moment was was Finn Russell's pass. Damn you! I think, Damn you! Uh, you can share that. It, no, I'm not going to share it. No, I'm I just it was just the moment that just a bit like watching that, um, that Lions try in the first test in the summer. It was just the moment that you just thought it, it was a moment of genius. Especially when you viewed it from above. You're at that camera angle in, from above. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, very good. The, the moment he threw it, I, I, watching it live, I felt he was going to be it was going to be intercepted. But actually, when you see it executed from above, that. Joseph was out of the game. He was played out of the game by the pass that fell into Hugh Jones on uh, right into his stride, into his lap. It was a beautiful moment. So very good. Alan, I, I can't Alan, imagine I'd be the only one to pick that. Alan, you're not allowed that, and you're not allowed Romanian referees either. Oh, everything no. else. Okay, uh, well, two little things then. I suppose 
I've enjoyed watching the rise of young back rowers, Dan Levy, Yakuba Kamara with France, um, Negri and Paledri for the Italians. I've enjoyed, James Haskell. Yeah, him, Renaissance man. Uh, <laughs> I've enjoyed watching those young back rowers come through. And, and it was just a little moment where Peter Romani gave away his medal at the end of the game to uh, young Jennifer Malone, who's uh, a fan who's been at their training sessions quite a lot over the last year or so. Big sports fan. That was just a nice little moment there. Barnsley? Yeah. Russell stripped from me, so it has to be another pass. Uh, it has to go down to Ireland. It has to be Tyke Furlong, the player of the tournament. Um, I know it was a Joe Schmidt move, but still the timing, the weight, everything was perfect. New Zealand are the team to beat in the World Cup, but in that moment, we saw that Ireland, with their New Zealand coach, have got front five forwards who could play like Brodie Ritalik. That was very exciting for me. Very good. And mine, uh, England against France uh, in Grenoble, which is the uh, in the women's Six Nations, a crowd of 17,000. Look at that and you wonder, well, wouldn't that be great if we could have that at every Six Nations game for the women? And hopefully that's uh, somewhere that, that they will all be uh, heading. Um, uh, Alan, Alex and uh, Barnsley, thanks very much indeed. We will be back with a ruck next week. Thank you for listening. VoiceOver describes what's happening on your iPhone screen. VoiceOver on settings. So you can navigate it just by listening. Books, contacts, calendar, double tap to open. Breakfast with Anna from 10 to 11. And get on with your day. Accessibility. There's more to iPhone. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.